This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. Okay, onions, tick. Potatoes, tick. Tomatoes, still no tomatoes. Sound familiar? As this scenario continues to happen at supermarkets across the country, the top bosses of the biggest stores have been drafted in for an emergency meeting with ministers to work out how to deal with the so-called salad crisis. Poor weather in northern Africa and southern Europe has impacted crops of tomatoes, peppers, cucumbers and lettuce normally imported into the UK, leading to empty shelves across the country. The likes of Tesco, Aldi, Asda, Morrisons and today Lidl have introduced purchase limits on some produce to make sure items are available for customers. Now, it's hoped the government can come up with a solution to this shortage that doesn't involve switching to turnips, as Environment, Food and Rural Affairs Minister Therese Coffey recently suggested in Parliament. It's important to make sure uh, that we cherish the specialisms that we have in this country. Uh, A lot of people would be eating turnips right now rather than thinking necessarily about aspects of lettuce and and, and tomatoes and similar. But I'm conscious that consumers uh, want a year-round choice and that is what our supermarkets and food and growers, food producers and growers around the world try to satisfy. So what might these emergency talks with ministers entail? How can the UK fix this empty shelves issue? Joining me now is Christopher Elliott, Professor of Food Safety and Food Security from Queen's University, Belfast, which is home to the Institute for Global Food Security. So, Chris, we can all see the situation in our own supermarkets at the moment in terms of missing tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers. But nationally, first of all, can you just give us an idea of what the picture is looking like in terms of the stock of these salad vegetables? What's really very clear is for the past one to two weeks, stocks of a lot of fresh produce have been running out in a lot of our multiple retailers. And that's things like not only tomatoes, but lettuce, cucumbers and so forth. And uh, there's no signs that that will be replenished within the coming weeks. And we know these talks are taking place today between supermarket bosses and government ministers. What do you think those talks will actually entail? Yes, I mean, it's a little bit perverse that uh, suddenly the government decides that they need to take some urgent action after telling us all that it was just a blip and nothing for us to worry about. So what I mean, what's clear is the government don't really have a grasp of what is happening, what the real problems are, and they're hoping and expecting that the the supermarkets will will step in and and, and sort out all of the problems. And I'll tell you, they won't because this is, you know, it's a complex issue and something that we've been facing into for quite a long time. So what are the sort of contributing factors, Chris? You said it's a complex issue. What what are we looking at in terms of the issue that's causing these empty shelves, really? 
You know, I mean, there's a variety of factors. And what, what I've said, you know, and, and quite a lot of other commentators have said, the number one issue is climate change and, and the, the, the massive impacts that's having on the world's food supply system. And we're seeing, we're seeing some of the ramifications of that now. But also we're seeing some of the outworkings of Brexit, where basically Europe now thinks of the UK as the customer of last resort, just because of all of the complications and bureaucracy of dealing with the UK now. So it's a combination of those two factors coming together. And if you were in the room for these talks between supermarket bosses and ministers, Chris, what would you suggest as a sort of fix for this situation? You know, I know some supermarkets have already started doing sort of rationing of particular items. Is that an option or can we go elsewhere for this kind of produce? I mean, our, our supermarkets are unbelievably good at sourcing foods from the four corners of the earth and they will be doing that now. What we have to think about, there, there will be short-term fixes for sure. We'll see some of the fresh produce coming back probably two, four, maybe even six weeks from now. But really what has to happen is some very serious discussions about the long-term food security of the UK. This isn't just a one-off event. We have multiple things happening in the food system in the UK, and it really needs to have a, a policy development around national food security. So are you saying, Chris, that going forward, we're looking at more situations where there will be empty shelves of particular items? Yeah, I mean, our, our farming industry in the UK is teetering on the brink. It, it's been decimated because of, of quite a variety of factors. Those have to be really considered very carefully and how we can start to secure food supply for the UK long term, because we will see more and more of these different types of shortages. And I'm pretty sure it's not just fresh produce at the moment. I think a lot of the supermarkets are, are struggling to find a lot of other materials as well, doing their utmost best. But unless something happens, a radical change in terms of how we think about feeding the, the population of the UK, we'll see more and more of these issues happening in the short term. And one of the things that surprised me last week, I saw a, a tweet from a journalist in Kiev in Ukraine who shared a picture of a supermarket there full of tomatoes and other veg. And people were pointing out, you know, how strange it is that a country which is at war can get tomatoes, but the UK can't. I mean, how do you explain that situation? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just I, I've seen multiple photographs of multiple supermarkets right across Europe, East Europe, West Europe, Central Europe, all over the place. <laughs> and it is the, the problems that we are facing because of, of Brexit, people have, have been underestimating for a long time. And now we're starting to see some of the real outworkings now. As I said, the UK is the last place agriculture and food companies want to deal with in Europe now because of the bureaucracy associated with, with dealing with us. So in the short term, Chris, I mean, what is the best course of action? I know you said the supermarkets are going to be doing everything they can to look elsewhere. Are there sort of particular countries that are the sort of go to for these specific items, these salad items? Yes, and there will be a huge amount of procurement going on now through the multiple retailers. They, they will be looking at many, many different markets, particularly, I think, North Africa, going right down into Central Africa, down into South Africa, where, where there is abundance of, of food production going on at the moment. And isn't it just quite strange that, you know, one of the continents we always think about, about people starving to death, are likely having to feed us going forward. 
Let's take a break now. In part two, we turn our attention to the energy crisis, how and why our energy bills are changing again, with Evening Standard's business editor, Jonathan Prynne. By default, prices will go up to an average of £3,000. Well, from April, unfortunately, bills will go up on average from £2,500 to £3,000 per household. And that is because the government is making its energy uh, price guarantee less generous. So the average consumer will be paying more to save the government money. And when you read articles about the situation from April, there's a lot of talk about things going up, things going down. It's a little bit convoluted. Can you give us a bit of a breakdown on, on what exactly the figures actually represent? It's very convoluted and very confusing. And I'm sure a lot of uh, consumers will be struggling to get their, their heads around it. But in essence, what happened last September when, when Liz Truss was briefly in power and it was looking like energy prices could go to five, six thousand pounds even over the winter because the wholesale price had, had gone so high after after the Russian tanks went into Ukraine. The government at that point put in this energy price guarantee that caps the average bills at 2,500, although, as we just said, Jeremy Hunt later made that slightly less generous and the cap is now 3,000. And that supersedes a separate layer of protection, which is Ofgem's ceiling on bills. Now, what was announced today is that the ceiling will come down from where it was about 4,300 in January to 3,280 in April. Now, because that is higher than the government's price guarantee level of 3,000, by default, prices will go up to an average of 3,000 pounds. And one of the things that is coming to an end is the government's energy rebate scheme, which is when everyone got paid I think it was around £66 a month to help with electricity. That's coming to an end. Is there any chance we could see that extended to try to sort of justify the the higher cap imposed by the government? Yeah, you're right. The last payment will go into bank accounts in a few days' time, £66. I think people have found that very useful over the winter. 
I suspect, given all the pressures on the public finances, that it's unlikely we're going to get an extension of that uh, scheme, helpful though it's been. Unfortunately, I think people are just going to have to pay that little bit more through the next few months. And in terms of the actual cost of energy at source, effectively the, the barrel cost of oil or gas going forward, are we likely to see that go down from this point? Well, the good news is that the the wholesale, the, the, the global market price of gas has come down massively since uh, it spiked to absolutely horrific levels last September. The winter's been slightly milder than, than average in Europe. European countries have been much more successful than they thought in building up stocks. And so the price has come down hugely, which is very good news because that will, in due course, flow through to the prices that domestic users are, are paying in their bills. So April is probably going to be the worst. And then by July, we should start seeing bills really starting to come down significantly again. The ceiling will come down below the level of the energy guarantee. So bills should start coming down significantly from July onwards and hopefully stay down as well. And does that mean good news for, for petrol as well? Well, they're slightly different situations. The, the oil, the oil market, uh, which is what pre- petrol is is linked to, and, and the gas market, which is what uh, domestic energy bills are linked to. But um, yeah, oil oil has stabilised around sort of eighty eighty five dollars a barrel, and that has taken a lot of pressure off the price at the pump, which went up massively uh, last year, as as you probably recall. So fuel prices are low. I don't think they're going to go much lower than where they are at the moment, but um, they're certainly well below the peaks. Pick up the Evening Standard newspaper for more news, interviews and analysis or go to standard.co.uk. That's the leader. Thanks for listening. We are back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.